Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The I Am Rappaport Stereo, Stereo Podcast, Podcast. Live. Live. You're down with Rappaport. Yes, I am. 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 You better tune in, I am Rappaport.com. Cause every single podcast, you know he drops bombs. I seen him on set, a seasoned vet with true talent. Catch him on his way to CrossFit, rocking the new balance. He asked me to do the track, cause he know I rhyme elite. But I'm just waiting for the Robert, Robert De Niro line of the week. Breakfast of champions, toasted bagel, cream cheese, and locks. This is I am Rappaport, the show never stops. You might catch him out in public, stretching his knees. But if you don't listen to the show, yo, wiggle, please. Wiggle, please. This is the Podcast. All right, so <clears throat> the other day was my birthday, um, and uh, the next day, two of the best hip-hop producers of all time share the same birthday, Large Professor and DJ Premier. Yeah. I mean, the fact that their birthday, it, it makes sense. Right, these two funky cats. Musical... I mean, these are musicians. Right. Um, so we're going to do a little thing to tribute, give a little tribute to them. Happy birthday shout out to both of them. Large Professor and uh, DJ Premier. And I want to do my five favorite Premier, uh, Large Professor beats. And Moody. Yeah. You do your five favorite. Uh, I only got three, but I'll help you out. You'll, okay. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm going to give your ass three. Okay, well then I'll, I'll. You only got three fucking beats that you yeah. could give the great large professor. No, these are my three favorites, like the best that I like. Oh, but you can't do five. Nah. Okay. All right. Okay, go. Oh, you're up. 
You come, do one, I'll do one. Come clean. Mm. You know? Little Dap. J. Rue. Oh, J. Rue. Yeah, mm. with that like water torture that, type that's shit. That's one of the illest fucking beats ever. Yeah, yeah. And the way the drums is chopped up too. The way it came too. in with that do, do, do. Yeah. Do, do, do. That, that was crazy. You want up? What? Yeah. yeah, man. That's a classic. A fucking banger. Yeah. Yes. If you want to prove to me you could rhyme, just get on that beat. Yeah, that, 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 was, that that's yeah, like yeah. that's like that should be easy pickings for any MC. Yo. I'm gonna go first. My first favorite beat by Large Professor, because I have sentimental reasons, right. is halftime by Nas. The reason why I say halftime by Nas, first of all, ill song. Of course. Ill beat. Yeah. Opening credits. To the first time you ever saw me, Michael Rapp, I had to make it about myself. No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First time, opening credits of Zebrahead, you hear the song Halftime by Nasty Nas. Mm-hmm. And starts off Nasty Nas in your area, produced by the great large professor. All right, what's your second favorite beat? New York State of Mind. One of the best songs ever. With that, that piano <sighs> and that... Them- Cool in the gang, NT drums all chopped up. Oh. Hard as fuck. That shit is fucking... It, it really exemplifies... There's been a lot of songs that have had New York in it. That captures that time in hip-hop and what the city was like in regards to hip-hop. Yeah. And and, and the culture and, and what was going on in, 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 in the streets. Literally, like it was... Grimy, it was uplifting, it was funky, it was moving. Yeah, it, it had a- yeah, you're right, and that's what came out. Like everybody was was hyped up for Nas for that first album, right? Oh, the hype! Everybody was, crazy. was just like, "Yo, he was picking producers, picking beats, right?" And that's what came out. So everybody was happy. We was satisfied with that. You know, the thing about Large Professor, he was producing for Cool G Rap. And Polo and Eric B. and Rakim when he was like 16, 17 years old. Like, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing him when I was doing the Beat Trimes in Life, the travels of a tribe called Quest. And a lot of his stuff, like everybody in the film, got cut out. He told me some fucking stories, man, during that that gave me the goosebumps. Damn. And he's so, he's such a good storyteller because it doesn't get more New York and more hip hop than Large Professor. Yeah. Listening to that dude talk. He could fucking like he 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 could literally like read read a menu from like your diner and he's gonna make it sound good. The way he speaks, right. the way he emphasizes all his shit. <laughs> Word. So um, I'm gonna go with now. I, I'm trying to find. I heard he produced this, but I, I'm assuming he produced this because you know they say it was uncredited. I'm sure there might have had some other hands in it, but I gotta go with "In the Ghetto" by Eric B and Rakim. Mm. That's a fucking banger. 24 karat black sample with the Bill Withers drums. Mm. Kissing my love. One of my favorite lines. When I had sex, I left my name on next. Mm. My trademark was left throughout the projects. (laughs) That's one of my favorite lines. Short and sweet. Rakim is like that. That's a motherfucker. All right. What's your third? You're doing five. You're doing five. You got to do five. It's their birthday. It's, it's so many good ones, Okay, you man. can do five. You can do five. 
Speak Your Clout mm. with J. Ru, Little Dap, and the late Guru. Mm. Yo, he just, man, the, the way he makes, you see, but one thing like I, I, I want to hark back to, yo, all of his shit is funky. Mm. You see? Because this is funk. And this is a, this is a musician. This is like when when he he's bleeding through his beats, yeah. his production. You, this is a, a, a piece of his soul. It speaks for itself. Yo, it, it ain't just looping. Yo, if you know these records, you can appreciate the artistry and how he is stripping shit down and building it back up and fashioning it to fit. Mm. That's the art of sampling. It ain't just looping. My third favorite song produced by Large Professor, and we're going off the dome here. Just a friendly game of baseball. Oh, yeah. When he did it for Main Source. Extravagant production. Yeah. Extravagant yeah. production. That song is timeless. Yeah. The production is incredible. Main Source, if you've never heard the Breaking Adams album. Get it. Get it. And just don't, don't, don't fuck with it. Just play it on a loop play for a through. day. Yeah. Don't fuck with this. Is not one of these albums where it needs to be touched. That is one of the uh, perfect albums that that doesn't get talked about. Just get that fucking album. Yep. Okay, number uh, number three. No, you're on number four. You're on four. I'm on four for Large Pro. Yeah. I, I, this is kind of a, a simple beat. It never gets old. Ever. Never. Ever. 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 Ever gets old. Classic. Live at the barbecue, main source. Wow. He produced that shit. Beautiful. He's like a scientist. Yo, he got the glasses, the afro. Yo, I heard, what, what's special? I heard those records. I heard the drums. I heard where them shits come from. Yo, he made them shits sound harder. Right. I, and, and amped them up. So it's like special when I hear because I know what it what, what it is, man? We, That's we, art, we, man. We, we got to get him on the goddamn yeah. podcast. We got to get him. We got to we got to start. We got to start getting more people on here. I would love to sit down with Large Pro. He told me a story about producing for Rock Kim, and, and I don't want to do the whole story, but I'll just say this. He said when he came into the studio, he took out his 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 beepers. He took out his cell phones. He had a couple of them. This is when the cell phones were like gigantic, and yeah. when not everybody had the cell phone. Right. So it would be like if somebody had like, you know, I don't know, an iPhone like twelve. Yeah, like no one had cell phones. Like you're like, oh shit. And then he said he took. He had a red uh, sweatsuit on, and then he said Rakim took his rhyme book out of his out of his out of his uh, jacket in a Ziploc bag. Damn. And I was like, when he, I remember what he told me that gave me the fucking goosebumps because I was like, of course. Right. Of course, Rakim's rhyme book is in a Ziploc. Yeah, he cares. It should be, it should be locked in a vault in the <laughs> Smithsonian. Word. My number four for a premiere is Freddie Fox, Bumpy Knuckles. Uh, came out, I think this came out in 99. Yup. Um, it's part of my life. The song is called, yo. He made this thing. It's, it's like obscure. You don't really know it. But the production, he made a bass line from the sample, but it's 
it, you have to hear it to understand what he did. Like a baseline from out of nothing. It's so extravagant. Yeah. It was ill, man. All right, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm going to do my last five. I'm going to do two. And I could go on and on and on, Bob Large Professor, but I was thinking I want to do... It's, it's a song that... It was just like a one-off, and I remember it came out of nowhere. Faking the Funk on the White Men Can't Jump soundtrack produced by Large Professor. Mm-hmm. You're faking the funk. Mm. Talking that extra large shit, you're probably a punk. But you just said that though, right? I didn't say faking the funk. What, what? I said live at the barbecue. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yo, that's a motherfucker right there. Yeah. Um, and and then also, yo, he produced so much shit with Tribe. Like there was shit he did with Tribe that, like, I'm sure him and Q-Tip, like, you know, they shared credits on. You know, Midnight Marauders. His fingerprints are all all on that. Right, right. Extra P. Funky. So, so, uh, but that, that, that's my top five. You got one more to go. I know there's a lot to pick. I got one. Okay, for Premiere? For Premiere is my fav- one of my favorites. Okay. It's when I first started to hear this cat. DJ Premiere is in deep concentration. Mm. Nice, jazzy. I think the sample is Ramsey Lewis. Mm. But that, when I heard that, that's the first album. That's like 90. I was like... Yo, this guy loves it. And he, he did so much. He did shit for both of them did stuff. Uh Premier did stuff with Big, Showbiz and AG. Yeah. I know Large Pro did that did that couple of joints with with DITC and and, and all those dudes. We're not yeah. fact checking MOP. Yeah. He's got his hands all over MOP. Group home. I mean, b- b- kicking the door, I think he did for Biggie. And he did he did uh KRS when MC's act like you don't know. Yeah. Uh one of his best songs. Yeah. One of his uh, best songs. So happy birthday to both of those dudes. Yes. We only touched touched the surface of what you did. Um, open invitation to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Nothing but so much respect to both of you. Um, keep doing it. Keep it boom bappy. Keep it funky. And what? Stay in our lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane. But that's our lane. They, they created it. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back. I always love watching games. I always love watching movies at home. And I love watching movies with my kegerator. While we podcast, we always have some fresh beer and wine on tap with my personal kegerator. A kegerator dispenses draft beer and keeps it chilled. Turning your office, garage, game room, man cave into a brewery or bar equivalent. It's the same quality as the best bars and breweries. Nice head, crisp and cold, delicious beers, but without going out. Beer stays fresh up to 90 days. That's three months. Dual tap, so you could have two kinds of beer. You can have cold brew, you can have wine, even cocktails. That's dual tap, two sides of the kegerator, so a guy and the woman in their life can get what they want. Everyone's happy. A lot of sporting events coming up, March Madness, baseball, NBA playoffs. It's not too late. Collect kegerators delivered in just a couple of days. Save 20% off my favorite kegerator. Kegerator.com is already a great value, but I've talked them into giving an amazing exclusive offer just for the listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast because I love it and I know you will too. Plus, you'll receive four premium pint glasses plus free shipping. This is an incredible deal and it's for just for my listeners, but only if you use my code Rapport, R A P A P O R T. Just go to Kegerator, K E G E R A T O R.com. Click on the microphone at the top and enter the promo code Rapport. That's R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. 
Click on the microphone and use my code. Don't wait. This is an amazing offer, and it's only for my listeners. Trust me, the kegerator has changed my entire living situation. All right, and now uh, enough with that. Let's get an interview with a great, great MC, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Said he might come back as a recurring guest. Brooklyn MC, champion MC, Talib Kweli. I was in a Talib Kweli video. Look it up online. I'm not going to tell you. you gotta, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm in a Talib Kweli video, two-stepping my ass off. What? It's time for Happy Hour with Michael Rappaport. Live from Austin, Texas. Tune in studios at South by Southwest. All right, this is Michael Rappaport. We're live at South by Southwest. If you don't know who I am, you might not know me as Michael Rappaport. You might only know me as White Mike. White Mike or the Gringo Mandingo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm with my partner, G Monetti. That's right. G Moody. That's right. And... MC, EO, champion MC. Word. At this point, you're a champion MC. I'm not saying you're the champion <laughs> MC. I don't want to put that on you, right. but you are a champion MC. Upper echelon. Well, thank you. Upper Mike. echelon. Thank you. Thank Talib Kweli. BK. From yes. Brooklyn, New York. Yes. Mm-hmm. World yes. traveler. Oh, they, they listening. I got fans. Twitter, Twitter heavyweight champion. Let's get into that first because, you know, Kweli, out of world. Out of world. I've known I you. Sh- I shook the world in 63. Yo, Qua. <laughs> I, I've known you now for probably like 12, 15 years. Yeah, a long time. I feel like that. You know, and you travel, I travel. But your Twitter game is no joke. <laughs> like, so I, sometimes I'll see you just go on rants. And, and I, you're, this is coming from someone who I get into Twitter shit too. Yeah, but I see. You are on another planet. <laughs> like, so, so, like... And you know, you know, I don't know if you remember this. I can't remember what concert we were backstage at. You're the first person to tell me about Twitter. Okay. We were backstage. I was, I was in the midst of the Tribe Called Quest stuff. And you yeah, were yeah, yeah. making the film, finished the film. And I saw you backstage at some show, something with The Roots or Quest Love or somebody. And you started telling me about Twitter. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and now you're on there. You're like a grappler on there. So, so what, what's up with you? Do, do, do you regret some of the stuff you uh, say? Do you ever like, feel like, oh, crap, why did I say that? Where, where, where's your Twitter head at? Well, you know, Twitter, I, I don't say anything. I don't, I don't speak on things that I don't know about. Right. So that limits the, the regrets. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I only speak on things that I, have, I either know in my head to be completely true because of data and not just because of anecdotes. A lot of times on social media, people talk and use anecdotes as proof of things. Well, I know it's happened to my cousin, so it must be true. Or this guy did this. So with me, I love the art of debate because I'm an MC. Because I'm an MC, I love the challenge, you know what I'm saying, of going back and forth. It's, 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 it's iron sharpening iron, you know what I'm saying? It makes my mind sharp. It makes me think quicker. And I'm writing in couplets as an uh. MC. So on Twitter, it's like, you know, 140 characters. It makes a lot of sense. But, you know, really you see me on there because I be just, you know, killing time, you know, just... um. Enjoying the, 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 the conversation. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those conversations needed to be had. And um, I enjoy being able to, maybe a little bit too much, and this is where my ego might come in. I enjoy being able to not have to be polite to someone who show up, who choose to tweet me some bullshit. Right. I understand. You know, like someone who choose to tweet me some, you know, white genocide shit. Or right. Someone choose to tweet me some misogynist just out the blue. Mm-hmm. Are, are you, you surprised... Not, not that 
Well, I, I, I'll ask you this. Are you surprised by the racism on Twitter? Nah. Taken aback by it? No. Um, I think that... Because um, you must get it crazy. Yeah, I, you know what? I've become a magnet for people who want to see if they can push racist agendas. People who want to defend racism and justify racism. Right. I've become someone on Twitter that people come to and be like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Which is interesting to me um, because that's not what my intention was mm -hmm. at all. But, um, but I, I, am I surprised by it? No, I mean, this country has never dealt honestly with the history of its racism mm -hmm. and the history of its oppression. Mm -hmm. So people are miseducated about it. People don't have the proper context of information. They only, are, the anecdotes, they only see what's right in front of them. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, all my friends is black and they let me say nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just becomes a series of experiences pieced together as data. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not about the anecdotes. Right, right, okay. So, Kwali, let me just throw some topics. I don't have all day with you. Hey, so, man, I'm here. I'm chilling, man. Okay, okay. I just got off a plane Good. to South Africa, and it was a 25-hour flight. Are you serious? And I just did a show, and shout-out to Flappers Zombies, and um, and we going to the Sean Price thing tonight. Yes. And we going to the- um, Sean Price. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? We going to the, to the, to the Just Blaze thing tonight. Yeah, yes. Because we go hard. Man. You know the spots. Hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, this is my home, man. So, I, you know, I make South by Southwest my- Okay, you settle down. This is my first time down here. Me too. So, all right, so you mentioned Sean Price and you mentioned your 25-hour flight. First, Sean Price. It's his birthday, birthday today. Yeah. Great rapper, Brooklyn MC. Who is Sean Price? How do you know him? Why um, has there been such an outcry of praise, respect as an MC? Yeah. I feel like he's, he's like one of the, 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 the most talented MCs that the majority of people and I always say it's it's okay to say you don't know him or you don't yeah. know his I want more people to know who he is yeah. but like you know he sort of reincarnated himself with a Sean Price broke brokest rapper alive thing mm -hmm. but you know he was in uh, so talk about Smith uh, talk about uh, who is Sean Price yeah Sean Price to me you know growing up in Brooklyn I have a very special relationship with Duck Down the boot camp clique and uh, Helter Skelter um, you know, they came out after uh, Black Moon, after Smith, Smith & Wesson, but Ruck and Rock together, that when they came with Helter Skelter, when they came with, you know, that album, like, it was, it was crazy. And then they came with the Fab Five, mm -hmm. with, with the OGCs, and the La Flemme, La Fleur. It was, they was just, man, they, they just embodied and epitomied the New York style of rap, that Brooklyn style of rap. You know Boom what I'm back. saying? That wearing Timberlands style. Like, like, people wear Timberlands to this day because of, that, because of people like Sean Price. Now, back then, he was Ruck. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know... Duck Down had a situation where they left the major label and they became independent. Right. And as they became independent, it was Sean Price who, that's his real name. Right. Um, he stopped calling himself Ruck. Professionally. Yeah, he started calling mm -hmm. himself Sean Price and started putting out independent records that was a lot more closer to the vest, a lot more honest about the situations that rappers go through. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and people related that on a level where they relate to an MF Doom uh, or a Mad Lib. So word. it became like a cult following type of situation. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And... You, have you ever seen him do porn stars? Y y no. Yeah, Google Sean Price going porn stars and try to sell the, the rock that his uncle threw at Martin Luther King. You know what I'm he was a funny, yeah. funny right. dude Witty. with such a personality. But he was real. Like, Sean totally Price real. is from the hood. Sean Price is decept. That's what you I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Sean Price is decept. So Explain not, what that is to no people. Like, you know when you hear people like Decepticon, Brownsville, like, Sean Price was a real dude. But he had such a sense of humor with his music when he did, yeah. when he came at the reincarnation, when he was Sean Price. The humor, I, I, 
I felt like he was a rapper. Like if I could rap, I would rap like that because he didn't. T- he was yeah. good. He was punchliney, but he had a self, like a self-effacing sense of humor. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. And and I, and I feel like it's just a shame that he never really got over that hump of being more known. And 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 then it's just it's just. But a you shame. know what? It's like you know things happen for a reason. Right. And, um, he he. I think he did what he, was, what he was supposed to do. Like he got a record where they did the video. They did a tribute video. Um, where he's like, um, man, uh, well, my man, um, from Brooklyn Academy, um, um, and it's like, it's like the, the record is so prophetic. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about how he messed up his career. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and he didn't really mess up his career. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he, 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 he fucked it up. Right. Things happen. Right. You know, but I think his legacy more than anything is, is, is how it was, it was supposed to be. Right. I think he was still supposed to be. In the hood with the construction job, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not no, you know, that's not no saying that anybody who does that, yeah, yeah, that's not like what we do. What I do is working class, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm part of a working class of MCs. Gotcha. I'm not a rich man, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I go out here, I make my money, I feed my family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I've been blessed with situations. I've been blessed with Black Star. You know what I'm saying? I've been blessed with certain situations where I had major record label deals. Right. I had people invest millions of dollars to make sure my billboards was everywhere. You see my face everywhere. Right. Sean Price never had that. Right. So he he achieved the same level of respect in the game without having the, the marketing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's why I like talking to you, Quali. Yeah. Because you're articulate, yeah. smart, and you, hip. And you learn. Yeah, you, you break it down good. Yeah. And you got one of the illest voices yeah. in hip-hop. I, like, your, your voice, I remember when you first came out with Black Star. And I remember me and my man here, we were in uh, uh, Minnesota when yeah. that record dropped. And yeah. I remember we were in like, like a Sam Goody or a Tower Records in Minnesota. I was like, oh, that's the Black Star. Yeah. I've been hearing but about I had, it. But I had bought an album, a 12-inch, and, and Fat Beats. Right. Shout out to Fat Beats. A Black Star? Yeah. Of, no, of him. Oh, a quality show. Yeah. The, the, the uh, uh, Fortify Live. That's right. Yeah. yeah. When, but, but when you guys came out, like your voice, like I always equated your, like your voice always reminded me so much, especially when you were younger, of Fife. It had that town crier. It's not like, you know, it's not like a ooh, ooh, ooh. And like, and just, and, and like I always like, you know, equated you and, you and Moses Black Star. Of, you just made me think of that, fil- that film with Quest Love. Yes. Like, it's very smooth. Five is very high. Yeah. Shout out to B Tribes yeah. in Life, the Travels of a Tribe Called West, which Kwali got cut out of because when I interviewed him, what? another technical difficulty. Oh, what? Oh, so his, his whole interview was like, there was like some music. That's like, okay. He should have been in it. Because you're going to have to do the documentary on me one day. Of course, <laughs> man. <laughs> of course, man. Shout so, out to Quest Love. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? That's a good dude right there. Um, he lost his father today. Lee I heard. Andrews. Rest in peace, Lee Andrews. You know, Quest Love is, he's the person who introduced me to Twitter. He said, Kwali, you got to get on Twitter. I said, what's Twitter? He said, it's perfect for you. And he, and he told me that three times before I got on. And now a million followers later. Damn. Shout out to Quest Love. All right, so what were you doing in South Africa? You were in South Africa. Had you ever been to South Africa before? 25-hour flight? Yeah, it was, it was because I had to come to Austin, and I had to get here by a certain time. So I had to pick the flight that worked. You know okay. What I mean? like, right. uh, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I've been to South Africa many times. Performing and stuff? Yeah, I performed several times. What was the thing that you were most surprised, impressed about when you performed in South Africa? And when you're performing in South Africa, are you like, I cannot believe that hip-hop has taken me this far? Like, I, you got to bug out with that, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to South Africa in 2001. With Black August, myself, Boots from the Crew, Black Thought from the Roots, J. Rudy Damage. Mm. We went out there, we did show, and Dead Prez. 
went out there. We went to the racism conference where Colin Powell had walked out of the racism conference. Oh, um, we went to Durban. We went to Joburg. We went to Cape Town. Um, the tickets was too expensive. Mm-hmm. So Stickman from Dead Press, he was like, we're going to perform in the streets for free. We went to Soweto. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. we performed in the streets for free. Went to Nelson Mandela Crib. Wow. Winnie Mandela Crib. Are you serious? Yeah, this was 2001. Black August. Dream Hampton was there. That, right. Rosa Clemente right, was right, there. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, that was, that, was, that was a beautiful thing. Shout out to Malcolm X Grassroots Movement because they took me there. They took me to, to Cuba. We went to Cuba. Right. Wow. We performed at the Cuban Hip Hop Festival. That's that Asada. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. All right, so, so this trip... I gotta ask, did you see Yasin Bey, oh, yeah. aka Most Deaf? Yeah, that's why I went. Okay, so so how is Most Deaf? Oh, he's great. He's grand, man. He out there uh, with his family. He out there working on art, working on music. Shout out to Ferrari Shepherd. They got a, a, a website, a country called Earth. Okay. Um, and that's where Most is. Yasin is really releasing a lot of his music and his art. He was out there painting. Wow. You know what I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's out there painting. He's doing it. He's doing yeah. his. He's being an artist. He's like an artist, right? He separates himself completely from the music industry. He doesn't. He's not making music. He's making music, but he separates himself from the industry. Get, right. People get disenchanted with that. Yeah. And Lauren the music Hill, industry but, yeah. is, is just—it's just, just like the film industry. But I feel like the music Word. industry just—I mean, that—I don't want to curse so much, but that Sean Parker—is that his name? That, that yeah, yeah. Napster guy—he's responsible for all this. <laughs> he's the one that did this. He's—he's he's, Sean Parker is somebody. He said it all. He, he Sean Parker proved that the emperor has no clothes. You know what I'm saying? He he proved that it's just smoke and mirrors. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's what he did. And they and he was able to take advantage of flaws in the system. Right. No yeah. doubt. These guys may be the last duo. Yeah. That really Black Star. One of right? the, is the there, last are, are duo. we forgetting another duo that that came after Black Star? Uh the last little brother. Guy. Who? That was three that was three people. Who? Little brother. Right. They that were was, good. That was three. That was three. They were um, good. They were good. But, but I'm but, talking about like EPMD, like that type of I, duo. See, see now, see now, you can you can make, make making a black man blush. You're talking about put me in a category with EPMD. Yo, that's Come what on. I'm saying. You're, you're like quality. Yo, you, was yo you, you could have perspective. I'm not gonna say you, know you should I mean? own right. that, but yo, you have to have perspective on it now. Right. It's like that album and what you did individually and what you continue to do individually it ranks and what most, up. It 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 it. it you know, I was thinking about, and I wasn't thinking about it in regards to you, but I was thinking the other day of like, I want to do a playlist of full albums that are top to bottom albums that you could truly listen to, right? Top to bottom. It's like, and, I did that on my on my Tumblr page. Can I get a Can I get a, a, a link or something? Yeah, if you just Google Talib Kweli top twenty five albums of all time. Okay, what? Are, give me what are some of them on there? I don't expect um, you to remember five. all of them. Give me five of them that are on That's there. That's okay. Like, albums, okay. Because I, I, I did a singles. I did top hip-hop songs. I did 100 hip-hop songs. And I did... Those numbers might not be accurate. This was a long time ago. Is this on Tumblr? Albums. Albums. Wait, so I want to help the people listen. This, yeah, is, on it's, it's on this is on Tumblr. This on my Tumblr, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I said albums. Uh, Give me five of them. Um, we know you've been on a fight for albums. 25 it was, hours. Uh, uh, it was uh, Takes a Nation of Millions of Holders Back. Okay. I was on there. Um, Reasonable Doubt. Okay. Illmatic. Okay. Um, Illmatic, yo. I got to tell you, as time goes on, it ages well. Right. Oh, yes. Uh, Mecca and the Soul Brother. Oh, um, P-Rock and CL Smooth. Great samples. Great beats. Freestyle Fellowship Inner, Inner City Griots was on my I got to be honest with you. I don't know that album well. I heard Should I know it well? It depends. I, I, I kind of know your hip-hop. You know my taste. I know your hip-hop. Am I cynical? I'm a cynical hip-hop guy. Yes, you are. And, and you know what I like? Yes I, yes, I have an idea. I like that boom back. Yeah. See, 
Freestyle Fellowship is a jazzy hip hop album. Okay, but it, I, it appeals I, to my sensibilities. Right. Um, but I'm under that jazz though. Right. I rock with uh, my jazz. Um, I did. I did spend three years of my life pulling my hair out making a record on Tribe. Yes. So the, the, the jazz. Yeah. Okay. But what, what do you like? But what do I like? What? Boom bap. Yeah, he likes. I like boom bap, but he I mean likes jazz. Mob, he likes Mob Deep. No, no, no. But yeah. I mean and Wu Tang and and. But Illmatic. 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 That's, 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 that's a that's jazz that's album. That's, that's a, a that mixture category. of every category. Black Large Bull professor. The stage. You know what? Um, Breaking Adams is on my list. Oh, Black. Yeah, yes, that's a great album. Yeah. All right. So, in terms of uh, uh, that boom bap, that sound, I'm not even a gangster rap dude. Like I'm like more like. My, if I had to say my albums, I would say Midnight Marauders. I would say right. Black Star. I would yeah. say Midnight Marauders is perfect. Is the pop version of Low End Theory? Explain, expound. Is is Low End Theory is that Charlie Mingus shit, like that Ron Carter, that like mm. that Low End Theory? Like mm. you have to really know about music to get it. So mm. even that, even Scott Pager and and everything is fair is a great record. I don't like. I've never liked. But compared to everything else on the record, and then and then the Scott Pager, that's some that's some Ron Carter, Charlie Mingus, jazz bassline. So it was in it was in the theme of the record. But what they did with Midnight Marauder, see, with Low End Theory, they blew up, and they were able to tour. They were already torn, but with Low End Theory, they had some hit records. Yeah. Can I Kick It, I think. Right. It was, no, that was on the first one. Mm-hmm. Can I Kick It was on People's Instinctive. Right. Yes. But um, they had Butter and Jazz, and these records. And Check the, the rhyme. rhyme. You know what I'm saying? And these, Scenario. Yeah, these records went crazy. Right. Album went platinum. Yeah. So now they tour and tour and tour, and they tour in the world, and they stay on stage now. Now they're on arena stages. Right. So they're like, oh, we could do what we do, but just make it more accessible. Right. Make it more I won't say I'm not gonna say glossy because not glossy about it, but it's it's, it's brighter. It's brighter. It's f- more. It's more fun sounding. Right, right. Like midnight uh, midnight marauders is like, it's got a lot of. It's just it's tight, man. Man, it's, it's a good tight. record. Absolutely, it's tight. Yeah. What, what, do, what when you're when you're making a record? How many? Let me ask a question. If you had to if you had to give a guesstimate, or maybe you know for sure, how many songs do you think you've made in your career where they're your own black star songs that never came out? Too? Just, no. Songs that have come out. Songs that come out, thousands. You, are you what? serious? Yeah. I, yeah, I have a couple thousand songs that come out. Yeah. So when you're making a song, and you're like, whether it's a, a Talib Kweli song or a guest on someone else's song, how aware of you, how much perspective are you on how, is this is a, a special song? Like when you're making Get By, which is arguably the biggest Kweli song, would you say? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful Did song. Did you feel it that it would be that? Uh for your question, that record is a great example because without a doubt, I felt like that record was important for the culture, important for my career. I, I was on top of Kanye West every day like, yo, what's up? Let me get that beat. Let me get that beat. You know what I'm saying? Explain. You heard the beat first? I heard the beat first. Um, Kanye came to my session. As I met Kanye, he came looking for Most Def. Most Def wasn't there that day. Um, he was like, I got some beats. I said, play some beats. Every beat he played was crazy. I hadn't felt that way since I since I met Hot Tech. You know what I'm saying? Cincinnati in the house. Yeah, I had I was like, yeah. yo, this is how are you how are you amateur, but these beats is this this level right. of quality. Right. And then he told me that he did records with uh with Derek Angeletti and he did records on Beanie Siegel album, The Truth and all that. And I'm right. like, the reason I'm like, those is my favorite joints. Right. Like, okay, right. so you've done my you've done a lot of my favorite joints from right. dudes, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um and then he gave me he gave me Gorilla Monsoon rap, good right. to you. All those records he gave, and, wow. and we didn't have Get By. He played me Get By, um, the track for it, and I was like, man, this is beautiful. And he was like, um, this beat, I'm holding it. 
Mariah Carey wants this beat. Farrah Monch wants this beat. There's a lot of interest in this beat. So I'm not sure. For, so for like a month, I was calling every couple days like, what's up with that beat? What's right. up with that beat? And after like a month, I really, really, really stayed on him about that track. Because right. right. I, I, when I, I remember hearing it, I was like, that's it. You knew. That's it. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, then, and then it was like the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, I was like, we need some gospel. Right. You know, and Kanye wanted to put the Harlem Boys Choir on it. We couldn't afford them. You know what I'm saying? He went and put them on his album, though. When he, <laughs> when he, got, when he got some money, we didn't right. have some more money. Right. right. But, you know what I'm saying? We couldn't afford them back then. And, and I mean, if you, if you don't know that song, Get By, Talib Kweli, produced by Kanye West. Get I mean, the, the song, the remix, there's such a... The flow. Like, when, when, when you hear a beat like that, do you know, like, I want this to be an uplifting song? Does this happen organically or, like, you hear it and you're like... How does that how does that work from a musician's point of point of view? Like are you like you hear the beat, you're obviously in love with the beat, and then are you like is it just are you are you like I want this to be a positive, uplifting song? I'd say uplifting. It's like an uplifting song. Yeah, I wasn't that wasn't my intention when I first heard the beat. When I first heard it, it just felt good. And the whole get by refrain, like the, the hook this morning, I woke up, Kanye wrote that. Mm. Um he was like, yo, this should what I well I had laid I, I was like, just to get by, just that, that as soon as I heard the beat. That's what I heard. Mm. Uh, so I heard just to get by. So I was like, I, tr- I wrote around that, mm. around just to get. That's why the first verse is, I go back to that in the first verse a lot. Just to get by. I right. say that like a, a few times in the first verse. Right. When I, when I laid that basic idea, Kanye sang that hook. Mm. This morning, I had a version for a couple months with just Kanye singing the hook. Wow. Doing all the parts. Ah, he was doing all the parts in there. He, he, he laid that out. Where are the, where the tapes of that, man? You got Somewhere, it. I don't know. But then we had to, we had to shout out to Kendra Ross. Right. A uh, good friend of mine. She came through and we right. had the singers, right. uh, you know, Chinua Hawk. And when you did get by with Kanye before he was a beast, 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 huge star as he is now. He's a monster star. Rock star. Would you ever, ever have suspected, I mean, somebody in hip-hop to get so big, so famous, and like, the, the, like it's like, you know, like that Biggie lyric, you know, it's not just him. I never thought that hip-hop would take it this right, far. Right. Like, I always think about when I see Jay-Z at like these places, I'm like, this is not. This is not a. This is a, a first. He's first generation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he came up behind Kane. He's my. Like he's been there from the inception. So I trip out is that when a I pretzel? see. That's what I'm talking. Like about. his success, I'm not surprised by it. But I'm just like the enormity of a hip hop star. From where it came from. From where it came from, like from Rocking like Bismarcky or like you know guys like Sean Price or like right. guys like Black Moon or right. I mean, you can name some. But then like Jay Z's like surpassed all of it, and Kanye's sort of in the same world. Would you ever have imagined he'd become this sort of, this figure? He's like beyond hip-hop now. It's like this figure. You want the honest answer? Yes. Yes, I did. You did? You And you know why I did? Why? Because, and this is, this is all, everything I'm saying is true, true talk. Real talk. He said he was. Everything that you see Kanye West doing, back then he said it. He said, I'm going to be the biggest rapper ever in the world. I'm going to change the game. I'm going to, I'm going to do fashion. I'm going to design sneakers. I got this song called Jesus Walks. It's going to be on my second album called College Dropout. This is before I'd even, I mean, called Late Registration. This is before he, he, this is before he even had a deal for College Dropout. Wow. He was telling me the singles. Are you college, serious? He, he told me everything that, I, everything that Kanye did from the time he was on tour with me to, you know, 808s. Like, everything I was... I was Manifest yeah. destiny. Yeah, he said. He said every single thing. The only thing I think that he didn't have mapped out was the accident. Of course. But so. when that he when that car accident happened, 
that's what set his career off. Because when the car accident happened, he did Do The Wire. Do The Wire, he took it to Dame Dash, and then they was like, that's cool, it's a mixed show record. Took it to Def Jam, that's cool, it's a mixed show record. Kanye West went and paid for a video, you know, because he was making rap money at that point, right. producing. Right. Went and paid for the video, and then went, went and paid for video promotion. And went paid for single promotion. All on his own. All on his own. Kanye paid for that on his own. Wow. So his first single, Do The Wire, he, he self-promoted it. Like, nah, this is a hit. I don't care what y'all say. Right, oh. right. Okay. And from that point, and then, uh, then six months later, he performed it on the Grammys with Shaka Khan. Wow. wow. That's big time. All right. That's okay. That, yeah, you know, you forget about that. Yeah. Because, because I think, like, for me, I, I, I find his persona and, and, and the music, it's like church and state. It's like, first of all, like, I think the music in general, I think all across the board, the music, the hip-hop music... It, 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 I'm so concerned about the actual music. The funk is gone. I have no agenda. I, I don't rap. I'm not in the music business. I don't own any any stake in any music business. I'm just a fan. It means so much to me on a in my blood cell level. Word. And when I see where it's going, it concerns me. It, it bothers me. And 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 I feel like guys like you, Mostaf, Jay-Z, Kanye, Q-Tip, the guys that are still relevant, that, that are still talented and still have a responsibility to sort of balance it because what's going on now, we're, it's going to turn into, it, I think we're already at hair metal. We're at, we're, uh, we're, we were at hair metal years, 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Rap was like heavy, rap was like WWF 20 years ago. I said in the lyric. Then what are we now? Same thing, just a little bit more refined for the internet generation. I think you will, will agree with me. When you write, artists have a certain responsibility, but artists are influenced by the same fact, factors in the culture as the average fan is. Um, I, think, I think the responsibility here is the fans and the consumers. I think people vote with their dollars. You know, I think you have victories. You have J. Cole going platinum, same as Taylor Swift, and then doing HBO shows and doing selling mm -hmm. out Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. You have Kendrick Lamar winning 11 Grammys. Mm -hmm. But you also have music that we, as a certain age and from a certain region, didn't grow up on. We didn't grow up on the sounds, on the Louisiana bounce sounds, or the, or the club sounds that was in Atlanta back in the day. Right. And now what you see is that Atlanta is the hotbed for hip-hop music, whereas it used to be New York. At one point, it was the West Coast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At one point, it was Snoop and Dre and them in Death Row era. It was like, you had to sound like you was from West Coast to be hot. Now you got to sound like you're from Atlanta. The strip club culture and the DJs and the way the, way the industry is and the, and the fact that the South is bigger than New York. If you think about New York hip-hop, people who love New York hip-hop, we had our, we had our, besides creating it, which we always get props and credit for, we have to, besides creating it and sustaining the culture for years before anybody got into it, we had errors. We had the Biggie era. We had the Nas Pain. and Wu-Tang. And there were certain errors and, and that everybody respect. But it only goes, besides EPMD, who's sampling funk records, like Dr. Dre and them, a lot of that stuff only went from New York, Baltimore, Connecticut, Virginia, the tri-state area, like the East Coast. Yes. Down South. When you talk down South, you're talking Miami, uh, all the way to Arizona. Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking Arizona. all of that. You're talking Alabama, Mississippi, yeah. now North Carolina, South Carolina. So there's That's more. Exactly. There's a lot more radio stations. Think about all the radio, all the A, B, and C radio stations in those areas. That makes sense. Areas. And then, and then that music, and then New York, and the New York shut it out for a long, a long time. So they had to develop their own industry. 
Now they have their own star. Right. right. They have their own industry. They own systems right. of payola. Right. They own things. So now a record like a young Jeezy might come out of nowhere to a lot of people in New York, but really he was already selling out venues yeah. with mixtapes. Right. Do you do, does it frustrate you as, as somebody that is a Brooklyn MC and is identified as a Brooklyn MC with that voice, that flow? Does it does it frustrate you, concern you? I, 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 am I a lone wolf with my, my concern and, and my hair pulling that that sound is gone? Or, or, or nah, because I mean, I just, look, I just, I just, I heard a new Joey Badass record that felt like, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing it. Um, it's, it's there, but you, the, the, the way that we receive music. I know that's changed. It's, it's different. That's all it is. Like, the music you like used to be marketed to you. You know what but saying? the craftsmanship, to me, mm-hmm. like, like, there's a lot of really good MCs. To me, the production value, the craftsmanship of a guru, of, of a premier, of a Pete Rock, of a large professor, of a Q-tip. Evil D, Mr. Walt. As, 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 of the Daylight guys, the whole, the whole click in terms of, the, the, you know, whoever was putting together which beat. We don't want to start any sort of, you know, every group has their, I made the beat. So, the, like, the Daylight Collective, the Tribe Collective. You know, I, we got Drew Ha coming on next for the Duck Down. I, I'm finally gonna ask him where. Well, I th- that's where was the I Black w- Moon record? I waited, waited, and waited. Boy. What happened? The first one was so good. Talk yeah. about perfect record. Hell yeah! <laughs> it still didn't come out. Yeah, the second one. I'm still <laughs> waiting up. for it. Still, I'm like, yeah, a, I heard a, a crazy, Black Moon a crazy, a crazy yeah. wild rabbit Jew here. Where's my Black Moon record? It's like a, it's me and Bernie Sanders. He's, I love them too. Yeah. Hell they were yeah. fantastic. That Buckshot Shorty was son. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Buckshot's still great. Buckshot be on stage like a rock star. Yeah, he's a bad one. <laughs> I don't know where Buckshot, this rant talk. Buckshot is a rock star. But am I alone with this quality? Like, don't like. Yeah. No, you're not alone because you're, you're because there's no there's no record sales. Right. Even even the biggest of the biggest barely sells any more records. Why not just make the record? That you think is the dopest. Word. I think a lot of people are doing that. I don't think so. Nah, I, I don't do. hear that shit on the radio. What? What? Stop listening to the radio. Oh, well, I don't. I got, I got my daughter. She loves that. So how well, then I that's do? that's she's 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 supposed to. Right. She's supposed to have her own thing. You older. You're supposed to be like. That's not as good as when I grew up. Listen to the because next you know why? Let me tell you why. When you were a teenager, or college age, what you were listening to was attached to your personality. It was attached to your identity. Right. You're like. I'm this type of person because I listen to not. Right. And you're growing as a person. You're learning yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that music, and it also is attached to nostalgia. It's attached to, not to, you know, we all, we all have great times, but it's right. attached to, in many people's lives, the best times of their life. Your experiences. Right. Your experiences. Yeah. And it's based on your emotional level when you heard that song. Right. It's based on where you grew up at. Right. And your influences. So you got to figure all that. So your daughter's not the same. She grew up with a whole different set of influences. Right. And guess what's going to happen to your daughter? When she's 40, 45, 50, she's going to tell her kids, yo, you think that's hot. The Fetty Wap period was... Fetty Wap was cracking. That ain't no Fetty. That shit is fake Fetty Wap. And what do we say about Fetty Wap? I like Fetty Wap. We say he's the special ed kid that made it big. (laughs) I like... I like Fetty Wap. <laughs> I like that six seven nine. I like I like uh, I like a lot of Fetty Wap, Fetty Wap records. I, I like I like Fetty Wap a lot. I think he he do, he can rap and he does that singing. And it, yeah, sometimes it sounds like um, a retard. <laughs> I just gotta say it. <laughs> While he's like, this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. It, it, that's it's, what we do. That's man. what we do. Oh, I know. Yeah. I've heard it before. <laughs> All right, politics. <laughs> Yo, 
your man Donald Trump. That's your man. D Trump. That's your man. Doesn't he sound like a drug dealer from like the 90s? Like, yo, D Trump's coming. Yo, he gonna come and clean. He sounds clear. like he sounds Word. like a supervillain, a billionaire supervillain in the movies, like in the Muppets. And they had a dude <laughs> named named uh, named do me Tex Tex Oil Man or something like that. <laughs> right. Like like it's like, it's like he's the, like a supervillain from a Superman movie, and Word. he looks like a supervillain. Lex Luthor. Right. Yeah. He got the OG that like Gene the, Hackman. Yeah, he's the Gene Hackman. He's yeah, like he's like Gene Hackman Word. in Superman too. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been sort of a, you've been sort of you know you put yourself out there and, and sort of you know now you're you're one of the people that you you have a voice in politics. You know, like okay, you know, you, you I seen you on Bill Maher dropping knowledge, right? Yeah, shout out to Bill Maher. Check Don Lemon. Check Don Lemon, like your man Don to. Lemon. BK, yo. Yeah, so, you know what's funny about that is that, yeah, that was crazy. You know what happens to me? I was like, yo, Quali's on CNN. Yeah, you know what happens to me since then? People tell on Don Lemon to me now. Like, people snitch on him. Like, whenever he fuck up, because he do a lot, whenever he do, my Twitter feed blow up. Right. Like, I know Don Lemon, like, I know Don Lemon fucked up. That was when my, my Twitter, they be like, yo, you see your boy? You see what Don Lemon? And they tell, on, they tell on him to me. That was a great moment in black America. <laughs> Explain the moment. Explain That's a black what, history moment. We gotta, <laughs> articulate what happened there, um, Kuali, and 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 what what happened. And like, were you kind of like when it sort of blew up for the next few days? And you know, there, everything is so instantaneous and Twitter and yeah. Instagram. Like, um, well, honestly, you know, where were you? What was it for the just, people who didn't see it? Um, first of all, recipes to Mike Brown. Yep. Word. Because Mike Brown, along with um, Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and Sandra Bland and Rakia Boyd and all these people who have we've now seen. And we have a lot more information and data about their deaths. It spurred people to action. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And Mark, Mike Brown's situation was interesting because the police clearly murdered this, this, this boy, 17 years old. Left him in the street for six hours. Left his body. Um, it, the, 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 the Department of Justice went into the Ferguson Police Department. They found a history of racism. Like, not, just, not just average yeah. cop beats right. you up racism. but Fleecing the citizen. Yeah, like yep. for money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Racism for profit. Uh. So it was a whole different situation. Word. Um and so the people of Ferguson were not activists. They were working class people and students and people in the and they who just were shocked right. at this at this tragedy and this this systemic oppression. It was shocking to them. Even, even though they lived in a pl- place, they've been living under that, but that's what it was. It was a straw that broke the camel's back. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I was talking on social media about how you can't just tweet, how you can't just do Facebook posts, mm-hmm. how you have to be there in the street. I was praising the people of Ferguson. But it was ironic to me. That I was talking about that on social media. And I had to really assess my situation. Uh, I'm like, I'm a performer, I'm an entertainer, which means I determine my own schedule. So there's no excuse for me to not be there. Be there if I'm saying people should be there. Right, right. right. And then uh, uh, J. Cole, <laughs> it's funny. Then J. Cole went and he called me. You know went to, went to, to the Ferguson. Yeah. Like, I, J. Cole went before me. Uh, I think Young Jeezy went before me too. So I'm not the only MC who went. Right. Benzino was down there. I seen Benzino marching in the street with the people. Oh, Word. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh. But so I went and I was determined to not do press. That was I was like, I'm not here as a rapper, as a right. celebrity, I'm right. here with the people. So people was asking me to do press the whole time. After I was there for the first night I was there, I got into I got a pinned on the ground by the cops. Did you really? Oh yeah, it was crazy. Like the cops put up their gear. You know what I'm saying? They rushed the people. They ran. They were like, get them. They were trying to arrest people. It was me, Jessica Kimmore, Rosa Clemente. They threw us on the ground, put rifles in, in my Are chest. Are you serious? Yeah. This, this happened the first night I got there. Yeah. First night I got there. Were you, were, you, were, you, were you scared? Yeah. 
I was. Because that, that, that's beyond how He like, had my life and my body in, in yeah. his possession. Right. And he could decide. You felt that. He could decide at any moment. Like, I, I had the, the, the rifle right here. Right. He jumped. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. And, um, this is tradition. That's wild. <laughs> and so when that happened, and then the people who I was with all got arrested. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't leave. You know right. what I'm saying? I, I was, my plan was to go for one night. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to be out there with the people. Everybody going to see me. Right. I'm going to tweet about it. Then I can say I went. Right. And I'm going to go back to going to, to work. Right. You know what I'm saying? But after that, I, w- I stayed. And I was there for a few days. I did an interview with Democracy Now!, uh, which is a great, great outlet. People should check out democracynow.org. Um, I did an interview with Joanne Reed because I respect what she do on MSNBC. And then I was done. But then CNN kept calling, calling, okay. calling. Um, I ignored their calls. Corey Smith, you know, my, my, ex-manager, my right. ex-manager. I hadn't heard from him in months. Mm. Call me like this lady called me from CNN. Calling, calling, calling. So shout went, out to C. Smith. Yeah, shout out to C. Smith. So I went and did it. And, um, and yeah, Don Lemon just was, you know... He he was got on some sucker shit. Yeah, he just I just him I just wasn't. Yeah. He started talking greasy. Yeah. He was talking. He was he was talking froggy a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah. So so. But but uh, you know, he said to me after that exchange, and people the people could Google it and watch it for themselves. But he said to me, "You know, it's going to go viral, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew. Uh, I think he knows." Right. What buttons to push? Ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it wasn't personal to him; it was business. It wasn't personal to him. I don't think it was. Right, he knows what time it I is. I don't think yeah. it was personal to him. Do you know if he has his hair? Does he brush his hair forward or backwards? <laughs> because I just a question. I, I have no. You idea. know why I'm asking? Shout that. out! Shout out to shout out to Van Jones because the whole time I was there, Van Jones was in the back like, stay. Because I was I was gonna leave. I was right. gonna leave, and Van Jones is the one who was like, stay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Bernie Sanders, Hillary, where are you at politically with these three guys the, and, and gals, these three people, these three candidates? Well, um, there's a lot I like about Bernie Sanders. Um, he's somebody who's um, not only do I like him as, as far as I, I agree with the vast majority of his positions, but I'm very impressed at his ability to still be in a race right now. Right. Yeah. Last year I was like, Bernie sounds good, but a socialist saying things he's saying, no one's going to take that seriously. And people took it seriously. And millennials took it seriously. They, ain't, they don't take it seriously enough for him to win any goddamn primaries. You don't but think he's going to win? I Do I think he's going to win? If I, had to put, if, I, if I had to put money on it, no, if I don't have, think. So if that 100000 you would say who's going to be the next president? Hillary Clinton. I think so, too. That would, that would be an easy bet for me. I think so, too. Think so? And that's not an endorsement of Hillary Clinton. That's not me throwing my support or voice behind Hillary Clinton. That's just me. Being observant. Have you have you been asked to give? Because I gave my public endorsement of Bernie Sanders, and I thought like it would be like big news. Are you a Bernie bro? Yeah, wait. No one <laughs> gave a shit about my endorsement. It, it didn't, like I didn't get like Michael Rappaport has finally given us an endorsement. No, like I had to tweet it, and then I retweeted myself. Word. That was it. That's the only like I felt like I was gonna get my end political because I just feel like I feel like this is what I like about Bernie. I feel like if I sat down with him at the South by Southwest tune-in studios and I asked him to explain something to me, I would get an answer that was attainable and that was appropriately honest. I agree with you. And, and Hillary, I feel like, probably doesn't like little kids. And those kind of people always make me nervous. And <laughs> Did the, you see her with that girl, with the Black Lives Matter girl? Yeah. With the, with the super predator girl? Yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like she, she, I wouldn't, like, I don't feel like she's a puppy person. 
<laughs> you know, I feel like she, like, when, when her daughter, like, I feel like she won't be like, oh, just drop the grandkids off over the weekend. I don't feel like she likes small. Um, I think she's cuddling. been, I think she's been hardened. Yes. By politics. And Bill. By being married to Bill Clinton. He was freaking and, off. That'll hard any lady. And then being secret- secretary of state. Yes. Like, you're, after all that, she went and was just, like, traveling yes. the world trying to uh, push American interests. It was all around the world. You know, it was a very tough job. Right. Um, I think she's older. Right. And hardened. You know what I'm saying? And she's had to weather a lot. Um, as, a, as a woman, I have a lot of respect for Hillary Clinton. Um, there's a lot of criticism out there about her that I think is accurate, um, including some of the criticism that you just laid out. Um, you know, and I, as a politician... I think I like Bernie Sanders better as a politician. I, 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 have, to, I have to agree. You know, the, 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 the looming Bill Clinton back in the White House factor, I like that. The stability <laughs> of that and the familiarity. Did I say that? Familiar? How do you say you it? You got yeah, it. Don't familiarity. Even, I don't know. Don't That's even a, say it. Familiar what? Familiarity. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Moody. Now, here, here's my two cents. Give your two cents, Mr. Moody. If Hillary wins, it's going to be riots. No, you say that. Trump. Trump, Trump nah. said. No. Trump. He said it. He also says steaks are going to sell good at the Sharper Image. That's what he said. He's not always. He also right. said, "I don't trust the blacks with my money. I need the Jewish guys with the with the little hatch." Did he say that? Yeah. He also said all Mexicans are rapists. He also said we should vet all Muslims before we let them in the country. He also said, "I love the blacks. I love the blacks." He's buck wild. <laughs> now, how's he doing in the polls? He's going to run He's for president. Shit. He's sweeping, yo. He's going to run for president. And if he doesn't get the nomination, he said, yo, it's going to be riots. Well, he's kicking there, that. Well, then there's going to be a bunch of hipsters and, 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 and you know, I, 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 I the think. The fact that he says things like, if I don't win, there's going to be riots. Right. That's exactly why they're not going to give him the nomination. Right. They're not, right. They're not, and, yeah. and they're looking. Right now, the GOP is scrambling for any reason. Right. So when the nominee, when the, when the convent, all this shit that he's talking about, the GOP, about Fox News, they're going to get him back for that. When the convention happens, they're going to be like, John Case, Kasich, whatever his right. name is, or they're going to pick someone. Right. And the, what they're, they're, they're going to say is, Trump is a bigot. He's too inflammatory. He doesn't understand si- simple, right, basic laws. He, he, he cannot be, He's not a true yeah. conservative. Right. He's friends with Hillary Clinton. Right. He, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they look at his wife. They're right. going to bring. They're going to say all right. of that. Right. They're, they're just waiting. They're waiting for the convention. They're waiting. That's what I. That's what I would say. I feel like they're just like let this guy. And then KKK motherfuckers going to be like, oh, word. they're going to say that. Oh, word. And and you know what? Uh, Their base is going to be upset. Yeah. Like, we're going to tear shit up. And people might start tearing <laughs> shit up. But that's going to just make them look bad. Yeah. Right. All right. We're going to go. Quali, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Where, what are we, where are we at tonight in South by Southwest? Where the party at? Yes. Where the performance is at? Where that boom bad um, music at? I'm going to Club Bed. Okay. What's a Club club Bed? Yeah. What's what's going on there? DJ Pillow. Okay. Club Bed, DJ Pillow. Yeah. Are you bullshitting? <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. That's what I'm saying. Uh, oh, okay. 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 And then what? Then what? And then I'm going to go. To the Duck Down Sean Price birthdays extravaganza. Oh, we at the Austin Music Hall. We're going to that. Too. Is it is it Nasty Nas performing? I don't know. Ask Drew High. I think Nasty Nas is performing. He's shutting it down. All right, yo, Quali, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Brooklyn. I I, oh, I, I you, hope you didn't take it as an insult when I said you were so on time. Oh, no, I did not. I was. I mean, I pride myself on punctuality. Word. I mean, but rapper time. 
Is, is, he told is, you he wasn't a rapper. I know team. that. I know that. That's the mistake. People think I'm or, a rapper or something. He in South Africa, motherfucker. I know. I know. I'm just saying. But I am like, an international man of mystery. Word. That's my official job title. When I come back in the, in the country and they say, sir, what is your occupation? I say, international man of mystery. Ebony man, Apollo legend. I'm sure that goes over real well with the TSA people. I'm sure they like. And you know what? They recognize me now, which is great. They I know. They I know. used to get arrested. Now they recognize me. They give you a little shout out. Now they be like, they say, you... Uh, go ahead, man. Yeah. They used to be like, you, uh, right this way, sir. As they We're should. Search you. As they sure. should, Wally. Sure. As they should let you through. All right, I appreciate Great. you coming on the show here. And we'll be right back. Thank you, Wally. Thank you. The I Am Rappaport podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. Casper.com. It's an award-winning sleep startup. Go to Casper.com. $50 off purchase of any size mattress. Damn. Put in the code Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T, Casper Mattress in New York City. You can keep the bed for 100 nights. You could get your freak on for 100 nights. If you do not like the bed after 100 nights, you can return the mattress within 100 days. That's a guarantee. The, the, the bed will be delivered between 2 to 5 days anywhere in the United States and Canada. Same day delivery in New York City. We do not plug, we do not support, we do not take sponsorship from anything we have not tried and we are not passionate about 450%. Capadonna, what up? What's good, Cap? Everything is everything, man. I'm chilling right now, you know? South by Southwest style. What's good? Yo, where, where are you at? Right now, I'm, in, I'm all over the place, man. I'm out in Austin. You know what I'm saying? I'm out in I'm doing my shuffle down in San Antonio. I'm up in Starcrest. I'm moving and grooving, man. You know, shaking and baking. You dig? No, yes. The great. Yes. The great. So, Cap, what's going on in, 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 in the wonderful, wacky, incredible world of the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> wow, the saga continues, man. Right now, me and Ghost was out here. We did a couple of shows. We, uh, we hit emos up. We got the uh, Wu World Radio things popping off. You know, Riz is in LA working on movies. Uh, right. Ray was just out there too. Um, he did his little Mexico thing, and uh, me and Ghost stay here. So we did like two shows. Okay. And uh, I mean, come on, man, we just doing what we do. I just dropped a joint called uh, the Pillage Two. Okay. Uh, Hook off joint that I dropped before the Pillage Two is even better. It's the first hip-hop album with no hooks. It's crazy action-packed all the way through. Like I gotta check that, that out. No doubt. Raw hip-hop, uncut, raw talent. You know what I'm saying? The whole Wu World Radio is here. We're okay. live streaming. We're doing big things, and we do that every day um, at the hookah spot. So you can check <laughs> us out over there. And, um, yeah, everybody's doing what we're supposed to do, man. We're working on a new album right now, and I think, um, Ghost is going to uh, spearhead this project right here. Yo, good, man. What, Listen, what, man, let me let me ask you a question, Cap. Yo, we're long-time, you know, Wu fans and hip-hop fans. And what what what, what, are, what are you excited about in the culture? What what pisses you off? What disappoints you? After you guys being in, being in, in, in this for so long, 20-something years, first of all, did you ever imagine that it would be something that you would be doing Pretty much, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. You're married to it, whether you guys like it or not. Like, like, 
When you, when you first started, did you ever think that 2016 you guys would still be rocking, still be relevant, still be people that would get everybody excited the way you still do collectively and as individuals? It was beyond my comprehension that, that we would ever even make it as, as a rap group or make it as, as anything at that point because we grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. No doubt. So staying did, alive was no so, job. Yeah. And staying and there you have it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't really see no kind of glory. I didn't see, you know, coming up in the project and, and going through the trials and tribulations. You know, you don't really have a lot of hope. So for us to even make it and it to be so many of us going through the same struggle at the same time and to make it at the same time, that's that's like one in a million, dude. Right, right. Yo, like my whole, all my childhood friends, those are all my childhood friends. We literally grew up together. I mean, from school, from playing in the park, from our mothers knowing each other and babysitting each other. Mm. That's how far back it goes. So... You know, when we made it like that and um, came together for one common cause, that in itself is a blessing and a gift, and it was crazy. I never in my wildest dreams would have ever thought that we would be the Wu-Tang Clan. As far as the condition of music today, I'm looking at it like it's a little saturated, it's a little watered down, but at the same time, music is evolving, and it's going to continue to evolve. Um, we would have, we would have, uh, the thug fizzles coming up at that time, right. you know, we, and we, we was raised on in the crack era. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, our music, you know, defined that time. Now it's a little more loose. It's a little more fruity pebblish. And we, as the <laughs> pioneers of hip hop, owe it to ourselves to, to stir up some kind of foundation in that so that the little kids are not going towards, you know, feminacy and, and um, you know, lust and hatred, envy and greed. No you know, doubt. I, yo, yo Cap, that's what I'm talking about. He summed it up. Because, because for me, you know, the thing that concerns me with, with, the, with the music in general is that, you know, first of all, the record sales are done. You know, because the music business is so screwed up, the record sales are done. So, like, if I, you know, like, why not make the records that you're proud of, that you guys that are, are feel excited about, and that the fans like? Because, you know, like Wu Tang, the people that are still relevant, Wu Tang collectively, all you guys, you know, as a collective and individuals, you know, you got Nas, you got Jay Z, you got Q Tip, you got guys that are still around that can sort of bring bring the the the, the, the dial back to that boom bap, to that hip-hop, to that grimy sound. Because one of the things that was so special about all you, you know, for obviously 36 Chambers and then, you know, all the, all the first, second, and third albums that you guys put out is the, the musicality, the craftsmanship and the musicality and the craftsmanship that you guys and the seriousness that you all took as MCs. You know, now because of Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, anybody could just make a rhyme. And the next thing you know, you're on tour. You know, like for me, right, exactly. you know, it was like life and death. When you put out your first album, <laughs> you knew if it was whack, you're going to be working at a grocery store, right? Exactly. Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe it, man. And, and, and even with the Go album, I still experienced some struggle and strife. So, you know, for me to still be in the game and having experienced homelessness and cab driving and whatsoever and so forth, it was just a, a humbling experience to let me know that, yo, master your art or be torn apart, man. Right, yeah. right. 
Hey, let me ask you something. Did you see, I'm assuming you saw it, did you see the, uh, the um, NWA doc, uh, film? And what would it take? I, I, I can't even imagine, because I think that whoever took it on might wind up in, a, in, a, in, a, in Bellevue. But what would it take to do <laughs> a Wu-Tang film? You know, because whoever, wow. whoever tried to take that on, listen, uh, the, 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 the NWA movie, I'm sure that was tough, but there was only four of them. You guys, there's, right. there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many personalities. So what did you think mm -hmm. of the NWA movie? And, you know, I'm sure you guys have been approached uh, uh, about, about a Wu-Tang movie. Do you think that would ever happen? It, there's a great possibility, but we need, like, we, we, we need counselors to come in. <laughs> we need we need the whole social network to really come in, and this this is going to be a village project, right? Right. Because See, what you, I'm even thinking, I'm even thinking like bringing the the same uh, directors, if not directors, some of the casting people, uh, um, their their expertise, not necessarily the people that they cast, but their expertise to the Wu-Tang movie being that they already have a direction of what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So the people who did that, that, that Compton movie, yep. they probably, we probably need to bring them in along with, with Dr. Phil and the rest of them. Yeah. You need Dr. Phil, you need Oprah, you need like a few, <laughs> like a handful of people. You need specialist surgeons, oh my God. Neurologists, you need people to make sure everybody's blood is checked and, and flowing, and you need dietitians. So let me ask you something before I let you go. What what are you listening to? What what do what does Capadonna the Great listen to? And you, you could say it it might not even be hip hop. Yeah, I know you're listening to that old soul. Like, what do you listen to on a daily basis? You already basis? know. Look, you already know. Right. <laughs> and you know what? That's what we all listen to because that's what we grew up on. So uh -huh. the majority of the times when we on our tour buses and we moving and grooving and on them long flights all the way to Japan and Germany and all that, that's what we be listening to. The um the how Melvin and the Blue Nose oh. four top spinning. Oh. Like it just goes on and on. It's just aside like us. from that, aside from that, we um you know we listen to a lot of tracks, right. um soulful Beats, tracks. Right? We listen to that you know them hard tracks, and um at the same time. I mean, hey, listen, we, we, we do the hip-hop thing, too, but we like the hard and crunchy. Uh, most of the time when it comes down to hip-hop, that'd be me playing it on the bus. Okay. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the brothers, you know, they'd they, they be into, we'd be into different things. We're reading books. Um, okay. You know, Jizza reads a lot, and uh, everybody just be into their, their social network and media thing. But, you know, I bring all of the, you know, the meditation, the spiritualism and prayers and all that into the game. Oh. Okay, 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 right. Cap. Let me ask you a question. All over the world, you guys have been. Have you been to Have you been to every continent with Wu Tang, Capadonna, and and like your own stuff? Like, have you been all over the world, like during this journey? Well, no, I haven't been all over the world. I've I've been blessed and grateful to have um, been to some of the places I've been, like Japan and and Russia and. Uh, France and, and Rome and, you know, all of those places. I haven't been to South America yet, and I haven't been to Africa. I've lost really? my passport for like 12 years. I got it back for maybe six months. Um, somebody stole my luggage out the car. I just got <laughs> it back again. I just got it back again, like maybe two or three, two or three weeks ago, and I haven't, I haven't, I have not yet to get a stamp on it yet. 
So okay, okay. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. I'm ready to flow again. And um, you know how it is, man. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. You dig? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's the happy hour. Michael Rappaport. And uh, we're out. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Live from the Tune in Tent. Happy hour. The happiest of the happy hour. It's not just happy hour. It's the happiest of oh. the happy hour. And we're out. Word.